So Minari, it premiered at last year's Sundance Film Festival. This is the 2021. And we, we've talked about it a few times on the show because I talked about it because uh, after seeing it at Sundance. I know, Abby, you've kind of mentioned when you've, you got a chance to see it. And it's it's kind of had a weird release. You know, it, it hit theaters uh, just on February 12th. It's now about to hit on demand. And so we finally found a, some time to talk about it. Will, you were finally able to see it. Uh, I've said plenty about this film. It was my number two film of last year. I don't have too much else to say, although I was really, really privileged to be able to talk to one of the actors, Ye Jung Yoon, legendary actor, a Korean actor who plays Sunja in the film. And that interview is live right now on the Cinemaholics feed. Uh, that was a blast. Uh, this film is directed by Lee Isaac Chung. It also stars Steven Yun, Han Ye-ri, Alan Kim, Noel Kate Cho, and Will Patton. Uh, so, Will, since you kind of came to this film later than the rest of us, um, what, what what did you think of Minari? And if you can kind of set it up for everybody. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, this is a, uh, in a sense, a, a little bit traditional uh, American dream type story where we follow a family, uh, you know, trying to establish their own, you know, plane in life. Uh, in this case, we have a, a Korean family who is, uh, I, I forget which state they move into. Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh, yeah, very middle America type place. And he, uh, the, the father here, played by Stephen Yoon, uh, he gets a chance to run this like mini farm. And even though his wife is very reluctant to it, uh, he's very adamant that this is going to be like their their way of getting like their own in life, their, their way to kind of establish their own livelihood, their own grounds, like they, their own family, um, you know, like their own home, basically. And so um, they are trying to make this thing work. But clearly, there, there are some reservations and different issues that tend to come from there. And uh, we follow basically this family as they're, they're just trying to make their way in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, it's a very gentle, I, I believe, autobiographical type film. I, I don't want to speak Semi. for filming. Yeah, semi-autobiographical. Yeah, there's a lot of stories in here straight from Lee Isaac Chung's life, but yeah, it's not like a one-to-one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume because like the son, like or at least David, his story felt very, you know, re- based in realism or yeah. somewhat from the perspective of the filmmaker because we follow his POV a lot throughout the film. So I, I figured that was, you know, the filmmaker's uh, autobiographical side, but I didn't want to assume because, you know, I don't know much about the filmmaker and his personal life, but... Um, I think those are the moments that really stand out to me. I think that's where the movie, where the movie really is uh, enriched, and I, I, you can tell like those autobiographical moments really inform the film in a good way. But I think altogether, it's a you know well-rounded, heartfelt, uh, sincere film that you know I think from a story standpoint doesn't really do that much different. But I think the perspective that's given to it is where it really stands out, and we get you know like you said these love realistic touches that that inform the story in a heartfelt and sincere way and especially as it gets along and you develop the characters and you get to see uh their you know individuals perspectives and just how they uh perceive this uh new living situation i think it it really comes together in a well-informed way and i can definitely see why you and a lot of critics got a lot out of it when it premiered at sundance last year yeah it's something else when you watch it like with other people uh for sure and yeah, I did get a chance to rewatch this. And one thing that I I picked up on, I picked up on a little bit more in terms of David's character is how dreamy and you know how this movie's story does feel a lot like nostalgia and childhood. Like the way that it, there is not there's not like one through line of the story. I mean, there is, but the plot really does sort of feel like how time passes when you're a kid. It's just like you know there is no sense of real time. You're not really grounded in a very specific. You know, because so, you're a kid, you're, like everything you're experiencing feels kind of like all blurred together, which 
something I think is a really cool filmmaking technique that uh, Chung gets across here. But okay, Abby Olchesi, you know, you you saw this one not too long ago, a couple months ago now, and I think your main thing with it was the the chicken sexing controversy, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, it's and I'm pretty sure it's only a controversy with me, but it's probably also a controversy with anybody who's ever hatched their own chicks. Um, but apart from that, I do like this movie a lot. Um, the uh, the chicken sexing scandal in uh, in in uh, in kind of a, a nutshell, ha, um, is that. Uh, the uh, the two parents, uh, Stephen Yun's character and uh, Yeri Han's character, they uh, their their day job is working in a uh, hatchery where they are sexing chickens and separating them by gender. And I just want to note up front that you cannot sex chicks and sorry that you cannot sex chicks when they are that small. You have to actually wait for them to grow and start displaying actual characteristics of uh, roosterness in order to actually tell that you have a male chick. However, I understand that certain liberties have to be taken for the sake of it being a I movie. Mean, yeah, and if, if you can fluffy put aside that one yes. glaring, <laughs> one aesthetic thing. Yes, I understand. It's a lot to ask, it is. <laughs> but if you can do it. Yes, I can. There's there's a lot else about this movie that that I like a lot. Um, I, I grew up in southeast Kansas, not far from Arkansas, where this takes place. And there's uh, there's a lot of similarities, I think, with uh, kind of rural uh, Ozark adjacent um, communities and and uh, and farming culture. Um, I, I appreciated the uh uh, 80s evangelical era stamp on it when the family goes to church. Uh, there, there are a lot of other specifics that really did ring true for me. Um, in addition to it just being a really lovely story about uh, a family trying to uh, to live the American dream and the uh, the struggles therein. I think a lot of the the individual characters are uh, are super great. Uh, uh, Yoon Yu Jung is, I think, a real highlight of the movie as uh, as as their their grandmother. Uh, she's just a delight to watch and uh just a shout out the the kansas city film critic circle did give her the uh the award for best uh supporting actress this year and i was very proud of us for having having voted her in um i think it's also worth shouting out uh will Patton as their uh their kind of odd neighbor paul um who is uh just very sweet and very friendly and 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 trying to help them but also has his own strange quirks that Again, as somebody who grew up not terribly far from from where this movie takes place, felt very true to people that I have met in that area, uh, just in terms of how he how he views his faith and kind of how he walks in the world and how he's a, a generally very kind person who you're not always sure it's safe to be around, even though it usually is. Um, but yeah, there there are just a lot of very very lovely pieces of this movie, uh, and and Stephen Young's performance is another one that's very very strong and very thoughtful. And you can tell that it has a lot of personal meaning to, to him as an actor, in addition to uh, just it being a good performance. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's so much honesty in this movie. You know, it, it says things and it does things that aren't always convenient for a movie to sort of be, you know, things that you wouldn't always consider cinematic, but it goes there. Like who wants to watch like a couple argue while their kids listen in, you know, especially in this type of movie, like usually filmmakers feel like you have to tone that stuff down so that, you know, you don't get bummed out. But no, this this film goes there. It, it allows those moments of like just that discomfort um, because you you're you're there with those kids in those moments. And it makes the joyful moments of the film feel all the better. But without making it seem like 
you're you're getting a sanitized version of this childhood that we're experiencing. I would also say the same thing. You know, first of all, I appreciate that this was actually filmed in Oklahoma, so not quite Arkansas, but you know, it feels like the South. Like you definitely, this isn't you know, like a suburb of LA, you know, and it's not even like, you know, the suburb of Atlanta, which is still the South, but you know, we, we tend to get that version of the South, which is different, you know, not better or worse or anything, just different. Um, but I think like that area of the country is very specific and, you know, not that Oklahoma and Arkansas are exactly the same, but it, you know, it's at least in the same zone. <laughs> and one thing that I think, uh, that you kind of touched on it, Abby, that this film, it, 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 what encapsulates how much this film works for me is, specifically that whole scene or like all the scenes that have to do with like the people in the area, the, the evangelicals there. I think sometimes um, people who aren't really from the South who try to depict like racism in the South, you know, they tend to, not that it's wrong to do this, but like, it's kind of like a, a, a contrivance at this point or a trope. It just happens a lot where it's just very overt like you just have people who are just really racist to your face in a very like mean spirited, very like bigoted, you know, Disney Channel original movie from the 90s. Like we need to talk about racism kind of way, which, you know, of course, there's a place for that because it does happen. But I think what's interesting about this film is like casual racism and evangelicals in general, they're more awkward than anything else. Like it's the kind of thing that a lot of people don't even notice. But like oh, yeah. it does happen. And that is so much more representative, I think. Yeah. My uh, so my my dad uh, used to work in uh, international education. He uh, in, in in a small college in uh, in in southeast Kansas, where I grew up and was usually he was responsible for helping uh, establish partnerships with colleges overseas and getting people getting international students to, to come to the school and often uh, like helping them find places to live long term after they decided to move to the country in some cases. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I've been to many a church function where uh, well-meaning white evangelical individuals were trying to welcome international students into, uh, into their, their new community. And it, yeah, just being well-intentioned, but just super awkward. And that was, that was a, a perspective that I, I appreciated seeing here that it's, yeah, it's not, um, it's not always necessarily outright, like horrible. It's just weird and strange and kind of alienating. And that's, I, I feel like that's, that's a perspective that I've definitely seen reflected in real life as well. Right. Right. It's not like rudeness necessarily. I mean, it is, but it's not like, because I think like politeness and manners are really, really important in this part of the country. And so like people aren't trying to be rude. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to be welcoming, but obviously there is like a barrier there and that's where the social awkwardness comes in. And that to me is more interesting because we don't see a lot of that in film. We just sort of see the like, oh, you, you just think that you are superior to this person and that's where all of the conversation ends up. But I like how this movie has just something different to say about it where, you know, I've been in this situation. I've had people be like, oh, but where are you from? It's like, oh yeah, I was born in Boston. Okay, but like- where were you before that? You know, like even if you say something like that, it's just kind of a thing. And uh, it's it's like you said, it's it's not that they're they have the worst intentions in the world or they want you to feel bad or anything like that. It's just like a casual racism. It's a thing that happens. And you know, I I, I like that this part of the movie gets into that. Um, we can talk about uh, Ye Jung Yoon for sure. I think she's like what makes this film really, really work. I think up until her introduction, I think the film is kind of struggling to find its footing, but I think her introduction is so great because she's like 
kind of the anti-American dream. She kind of has like a different perspective than uh, uh, Monica and Jacob on like what's best for like these kids. And I just, I love how the the story like introduces her. We should say she first Korean actress to ever be nominated uh, for best supporting on the, the Screen Actor Guild Awards. And I, I really hope she gets an Oscar nomination for best supporting actress because she really deserves it. Uh, Will, yeah, I know, you know, you were, you were kind of messaging me while you were watching this movie. It sounds like to me, like maybe this character was, which was uh, working for you. Is that the case? Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't want to um, make it sound like we're uh, focused on her just because you had the interview with her. But um, I, I do really think she is, like you said, like kind of the heart of the film or the reason why it, it works so well is because she has a clear perspective. She she fits in a little bit differently than the other characters, but she's also, uh, you know, complex and nuanced in her own individual ways. And I think what you're referring to more specifically is that uh, she doesn't give any uh, D's or F's. Uh, when it comes to what she does, which I, I think is, um, you know, quite entertaining uh, from a film standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, some of her moments, you know, kind of have like the very heavily scripted moments, which, you know, like where we get like the title drop and stuff, which might ring false for some people. But I think it works by and large. I, I, I really do think her performance is uh, key, like you said, to the film working. But um, I, I do think generally just the whole cast here is quite good for me. It's uh, really, I think, comes down to her and then Alan S. Kim, who plays David. Um, you know, you know, I think he's only like seven when they filmed this. I don't exactly know how old he was when he was just he was dabbing uh, at Sundance, if I recall. Really? <laughs> whole, whole time. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I mean, just, you know, we, we see so many child performers that, you know, some of them are quite good, but, you know, just the complexity he brings his performance and, you know, it's such a uh, nuanced character in the way it's written. And I think it's really a testament, you know, not only to screenplay, but how he plays it, especially for an actor so young. I think that's also one of the key reasons why the movie works. And I agree with you, Abby, that uh, Will Patton's performance is quite good, though I, I must admit when I saw him, for some reason, my brain kept thinking that it was Will Poulter. Poulter. Like, I kept people talking what? to see him. Um, like, I what? saw Will P. So, like, I, I don't okay. know. For some reason, my brain kept assuming that Will Poulter was going to show up in the film for some reason. And I don't know why, but... That's a um, different movie, too, because you know if he's going to be showing up in a movie like this, he's not going to be casually racist. <laughs> it's just well, that's what I mean. I was like, I kept waiting for him. Like, is he going to be at the church? Is he going to be in the hospital? Like, where's Will Porter? And then, like, I looked it up. And I was like, oh, people were talking about Will Patton. That makes sense. <laughs> um, oh, so that, that's my bad. There's no reason why, other than my my brain being weird, uh, why Will Porter was supposed yeah, to be It's not like you film, wanted but... him here. It's not you were like, this movie's only going to work if he's here. I like Will Poulter a lot. I think he's a very talented actor, but sure. I mean, I, I I just don't, I don't know why. For some reason, for, for I, I guess like 85% of the film, I was just like, when's Will Poulter going to show up? Like he just, they keep, they keep delaying him. He's supposed to be here at some point. And then I looked it up and then it wasn't, but. I oh could well. like read your notes where you're like, I'm docking this a full letter grade if he doesn't show up. <laughs> I just kept wondering, like, when are they going to establish this Will Poulter <laughs> character? And then he just never uh, showed up. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, like you were saying, I think it just really works in those kind of key nuanced ways. Um, there are a couple things that don't quite work for me from like a screenplay standpoint. Like there's a moment at the end during the climax that felt a little contrived, like they set it up, but it kind of felt a little easy in terms of a resolution. But um, I, it's just all minor stuff, I think, by and large, like Abby was saying, like, I think what works here is what really shines. And uh, I can see this one growing on me in my estimation as I think about it more. Totally. Not a hard film to nitpick for sure. Um, I think my big nitpick with it, and not even nitpick, this is more of a minor issue, is with uh, how they handle the the daughter 
Um, the sister played by Nolke Cho. I don't, I don't think she's really given her due. I, I feel like there is a deeper, more richer role for her in this movie, but she kind of gets forgotten. And I think it's, it's definitely intentional that she's like, you know, I wrote in my review that she's like the unsung hero of the family. Like it looks after her brother. She's well-behaved, but I just never think that she gets that real moment to like come into the film and like have her mark, which I think she deserves. No, yeah. I agree. I was actually going to be one of my sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that was actually going to be one of my notes for my final notes that I, I wish there was more to her because her, her perspective felt lacking in comparison. But yeah, I agree. You yeah, say as I, you stamp out Abby trying to say her perspective. <laughs> I'm doing it too. Sorry, my bad. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that on purpose. I, my apologies. Uh, I, I was going to say, I, I think that, yeah, if, if the film focused on her a little bit more i feel like that would be a very different story it's it's a story that i would i would like to see uh but yeah that's that's it's a very different experience that she has compared to uh the experience that her brother has and the experience that her parents are having it's uh you can kind of see hints of that like the beginnings of that conflict within her but i yeah i would be super curious to see like really even if she were to have like if if a character like that were to have their own film i feel like i would gladly watch that and that would be a really rewarding experience too right yeah and i think this film could have easily found room for it i just think that they didn't and that's what bugs me a little bit um but okay let's do our final thoughts and grades for minari we'll start with you abby yeah any anything else you want to add you know anything from like music cinematography whatever you want to say um yeah i think that that there's been some some good notes about the cinematography here too it's it's really i think very pretty and very i i always appreciate it when uh kind of overlooked parts of the country, I guess in this case, Oklahoma standing in for Arkansas, uh, kind of get uh, a nice visual do. Um, just as a side note, I was writing about uh, the straight story recently for for uh, Roger Ebert. And that was a thing that I really appreciated about that film as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's always nice to see, uh, to see these parts of the country really to be shown as the natural um, the the places of natural beauty that they really are. And I feel like the film does a good, a good job of showing that as well as accurately portraying like what it looks like to live there. Um, I think overall, this is this is an easy A for me. I think there's a lot about this that's super lovely, uh, a lot of individual performances that really stand out. And uh, a lot of this that I think is, is probably very authentic to uh, Lee Isaac Chung's uh, experience and memory of having grown up in this place. And I feel like that is apparent uh, throughout. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, I want to say, because uh, I kind of made it sound like none of this takes place in Oklahoma, but there are some scenes that are in Oklahoma City. So, you know, just saying. <laughs> it's not a lot of the film or anything, but there are a few times where Monica and Jacob go to the city and all that. So, yeah, it's 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 all pretty close proximity. Uh, okay, Will Ashton, uh, yeah, final thoughts and your grade on Minari. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm thinking about it still, like I, I only watched it yesterday and I'm, I've been, you know, reflecting on it a lot. So I, I, my grade might go up as I think about it more, but right now I'm pretty firm and solid B plus, like we were saying, I think what works here really works. And I think the stuff that, that is so appealing about it resonates more as you think back on and reflect on it. So I can see this one being uh, higher in my estimation as I think about it a little bit more, but for now it's definitely a solid film and I can definitely see the appeal for sure. All right. Yeah. S- same <clears throat> for me in terms like yeah it, it it's definitely a film that grew on me and grew on me and uh, i really liked it even at the start so <laughs> that's why i'm pretty high on it uh yeah i'm still an a uh, i think this film just really is lovely and and beautiful and uh i, I really want to mention emil maseri's score in this i you know re-watching the film i forgot how good the score is like especially like the intro and i've been kind of pouring over the soundtrack lately um emil maseri my goodness between like this and kajillionaire last black man in san francisco he is on like an ascent 
event right now. And I really hope people are paying attention because his his knack for composition, it's so unique and and special and different. And uh, it's, it's fantastic, really. Uh, so yeah, I'm still a huge fan of this one. I think it's really great. And uh, yeah, sounds like it's an easy recommend, recommendation from all three of us. You can check out Minari right now in limited theatrical release. I know it's playing in some drive-ins and it's going to be hitting on demand on February 26th. So later this week. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.